The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So welcome back. And um, I hope that um, you're not too sleepy after lunch. It's often a good idea on day-longs like this to eat a light lunch. Uh, so that you don't get too, you know, sleepy right afterwards. But we're going to try to meditate with that. But then if you find yourself being particularly sleepy, then um, try opening your eyes. Just look down at the floor. And just sometimes keeping the eyes open is enough to kind of, you know, keep you from at least falling asleep. And you can kind of follow along. So, people are still coming. Also, I think that uh, Alfonso is now the manager for the afternoon, right? I think so. You think so? <laughs> and thinks so, so. <laughs> so Alfonso is the manager, so if you have any questions, anything comes up here, you know, you can check in with Alfonso. So, to start the afternoon meditation, uh, and if you are sleepy, uh, really emphasize having a more alert spine. And if uh, those of you sitting in chairs, if you're sleepy, uh, if you're able to do so, not to use the backrest can also uh, help with being alert. And then gently close your eyes. Take a few long, slow, deep breaths. And if you take a long exhale, something, uh, something special that can happen there at the end of the exhale, or near the end of it, there can sometimes be a sense of stillness or a quieting that happens there. settling at the end of the out-breath, settling into ourselves, deep into ourselves. Taking a deep breath in and then slowly exhale. See if the end of the exhale can be a place of letting go, settling, being more grounded in yourself. And then letting your breath return to normal. with your breathing a rhythm. Some people like to think of it as a cyclic rhythm. 
Breathing in and breathing out. And see if you can tune in to that rhythm, how it is for you, whatever way it is. It's all okay, whatever way you're breathing. The task is simply to tune in to breathing. And it's a wonderful phenomenon of change, impermanence. Riding the breathing like you're riding a wave. Catching the upswells, being lifted up with the in-breath. Settling down on the backside of the wave with the exhale. And as you inhale, see if you can let go of any thoughts you have. Every time you inhale, inhale. Almost as if the inhale is a wind that blows the thoughts away. And during that inhale, see if also the mind can become brighter, clearer. in a gentle way, a little bit energized in the mind, the upwelling feeling from breathing in. And then on the exhale, to relax the body, relax the shoulders, brightening the mind as you breathe in, quieting the mind as you breathe in, and relaxing the body as you exhale.
And then within the body, as part of the body, there is both sensations or sense of movement, change, and there's also can be a sense of stillness. Maybe the biggest movement is the breathing, movements of the chest, belly, and there can be small movements in the body as well as we sit here, very teeny ones. And there can also be a sense of stillness. A certain stillness with a posture, or perhaps some deep inner stillness in the body. And as you stay aware of your breathing, see if you can also notice a place of stillness within. Breathe with the stillness, through the stillness, around it. Let the stillness and the movement be there together.
letting go of your thoughts, coming into your breathing, being with your breath, being the breathing, observing the breathing together with the stillness that's within. Maybe even being aware from the still place, from the still place within, that's not trying to do or make or fix or judge. From that still place within, simply being aware of breathing. And then whilst you're staying with the breath, breathing in and breathing out, with your peripheral awareness, become aware of your mind. See if there's a place of stillness in the mind. There might be movement, energy, agitation, thoughts, feelings in the mind. But see if that there's an intimate, deep place in the mind or in the heart where there's stillness. Gentle, soft stillness. Maybe a warm, even loving stillness. A place that's untroubled. Is there some place inside of you that's unruffled? Some place in your body, in your mind? And can you breathe with that place, through that place, 
be you can center yourself in that stillness. So that that whatever you know, whatever you're aware of, is known from this still place. Not a problem. No need to be for or against anything. Just from this still place. Watching, being present for what is. And then with stillness as a reference point, from that still place, become aware of all that changes, all the things that come and go, move, breathing comes and goes, Sounds come and go. Sensations of your body arrive and depart from awareness. Thoughts come and go.
the stillness that's within, the stillness that's in the room around you. Feel the stillness that's here and have that help you to appreciate that which is not still. Letting that which is not still be just as it is. Your job is simply to know it, to be aware. Seeing if your awareness can be quiet and still, peaceful, untroubled and unruffled by anything that's happening. Awareness simply knows it. Maybe the awareness has a kind of stillness to it in which all things which come and go are better known, felt and seen. Keep tuning in to that which is changing in the backdrop of stillness. Letting go of your thoughts so you can better ground yourself in the stillness that's here. So you can better rest while being aware of all that changes. Breathing, body sensations, thoughts, feelings, sounds. 
as, <clears throat> as you're sitting here, what is most pronounced for you? Stillness or movement? Stillness or change? And if you don't think about the answer to that question, but simply feel the answer, what kind of feelings are there? What kind of direct experience is there of change and permanence and of stillness or unchanging? And finally, see if you can allow awareness, whatever way you're aware, see if the awareness can be still, peaceful, quiet. See if there's a still place, soft, loving, 
still way, quiet way, unmoving way to be aware. Awareness doesn't move, it's not directed towards anything. Awareness is not brought back, moved, come. Awareness just is. See if you can find some modicum, some hints of a place where awareness just is, distinct from ideas of yourself, what has to happen, what's going on. Simply aware. to end this sitting, you can take some long, slow, deep breaths, feeling your body from the inside, feeling the contact with the chair and your cushion, the floor, remembering you're here in this room, and then when you're ready, you can open your eyes. So there's an interesting paradox or reversal that goes on in, through meditation practice. And that is that um, the more agitated or the busier active the mind is in its thoughts, its concerns and all that, the more likely the mind is going to assume that things are permanent or kind of stable. Uh, operate that way, like this is how things are, this is how I am, this is what's going, you know, it's like this. And, um, but the stiller the mind becomes, the less changing the mind is, the quieter, stiller it is, the more it sees that everything is changing. So, so if you, a mind that's always changing and thinking and and the part of the reason for that is that um, the mind that's very active and busy in thinking tends to think in concepts, in ideas. 
And they tend to lend themselves to some sense of permanence. This is how it is. Whereas the mind that's really quiet and not thinking very much, it's not thinking about things, but rather experiencing things directly. So, for example, if I say, talk about a cloud, if I say there's a cloud in the sky, unless you kind of think about, you know, some idea of a cloud that's maybe being pushed around by the wind and moving quickly, you know, the cloud up there, you know, it's like this thing, the, the cloud that has some permanence. You know it's not totally permanent, but, it's, you know, it's just the idea of a cloud. But if you lay down and look at, you know, in the, in the grass and look up at a cloud in the sky, you might see that the cloud is constantly shifting and changing the wind and moving. And it's not a stable phenomenon. It's unstable, it's moving, it's changing all the time. But the idea of cloud, you know, is not that way. Or the idea you have of a person, uh, you know, like if you're angry with someone. I've been angry with people and like, you know, I haven't seen them for days or weeks, but they haven't changed one bit. That's who they are, you know. Like, the, but uh, you know, some of you know this. I like when I get angry, have some problem with people. I like to go meet with them in person, because um, when I'm in person with them, then um, my idea of them no longer is so stable because I see they're, they're shifting and changing, and you know, you know, they're, they're, they're much richer. There's much more to the person than my little idea of them. The, the person who did this thing. So the idea being that um, when we're, uh, the busy mind often lives in concepts and ideas, which lends itself to some idea that things are stable or permanent or more than. But in meditation, as we begin to let go of the world of concepts and be quieter, then uh, we start seeing things, experiencing things at the sense level, sensation level, and at a level where things are always shifting and changing. We start seeing the building blocks for the concepts. We start seeing the, the all little pieces of perception that go into place that we say, oh, this is a room, or this is IMC, or this is a cloud, or this is a person. And, uh, and then we're less likely to be fooled by the concepts, thinking the con- that the concept, the idea, the thought we have is the real thing. It's a representation of it, but the real thing is shifting and changing much more. So this, is because, this becomes particularly interesting uh, in meditation, in this mindfulness of breathing sequence, because um, when we uh, sit with the eyes closed <clears throat> and we start becoming more and more quiet and focused and concentrated, um, one of the things that begins to slow down is the conceptualization in the mind, the thoughts, the ideas we have of things. And... Um, and, uh, and if we can really let that, put that aside or let that drop away entirely, then what we start seeing is the radical changing nature, inconstant nature of present moment experience. Some people find that a little disorienting because they're used to having stability and ideas and concepts to hold on to and or understand themselves in life. But if we can start getting comfortable and feel safe, and uh, it's actually quite wonderful can be quite marvelous to, um, to just kind of rest in the ch- changing flow of the present moment. One thing that's quite nice is it can be very, and part of the purpose of this in Buddhist practice is to actually free us from being overly attached to concepts and ideas. Uh, most of the things that, or in what analysis in Buddhism of attachment, 
uh, we're never attached to any real thing. We're, we're always just attached to our ideas of things. Uh, unless you're at the edge of half dome holding onto the railing. But, uh, the, you know, generally it's idea of the person we're attached to, the idea of the work, the, the thing that we're interested in. That we're, that's where the mind grabs on. Because the attachment has to do with the mind, not with the hands out there. And so if we can um, uh, not live in the world of concepts, see th- that there are, in the present moment things are arising and passing and changing all the time, it helps to loosen up the grip. And we realize at some point when everything is changing, in, 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 this, in the eyes closed, sitting in meditation, just kind of very still, very content, and everything is just coming and going, changing, flux, then um, uh, we realize there's actually nothing that makes sense to cling to, to hold on to and the mind begins to let go. And part of the function of this, of, uh, of experiencing this deep level of impermanence is to help the mind relax. The grip of the mind softens and relaxes. So um, I'll say more about this, but I would like to hear from some of you now. Uh, what was it like to do that meditation and to do that guided meditation on, on uh, you know, stillness and change and I'd like to hear how it went, and any way it went is fine to hear. Hi, my name is Julie. I, um, when you asked us to notice which was more prominent, stillness or change, or movement, stillness or movement, I... I, I've, I experienced them coexisting. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, that's part of why I was highlighting them two together, so they highlight, highlight each other. I, when I thought one was prominent, then the, I recognized the other was there just as strongly, and they kind mm. of were both there. Nice. Great. Thank you. It was the first time I experienced a pulse to stillness. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it just felt right. Felt right. So, so can you say a little bit more about the pulse? We can, we can get maybe a better sense how you experienced that? Well, it kept the stillness, on, it kept the stillness go ongoing. Ah. So rather than a fixated stillness, there was even a kind of rhythm in the stillness that kept you kind of connected? Yeah, and I just kind of assumed it was my heart, uh-huh. heartbeat. Could be. Great. And was it nice? Great. Straight back. Well, there were two parts to my experience. One, my mind was racing with thoughts. And the other, um, I reached a point, a sense, a place of awareness. And then it was like I knew there were thoughts, but I just knew they were there. Mm. They weren't in my uh, field of experience. Uh Uh-huh, great. 
So you weren't identified or involved with your thoughts. The mind exactly. was still racing, but you weren't your thoughts. Right. But see, uh, rather you were kind of grounded in some quieter place. Much quieter place. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I experience awareness as um, you know, this formless peace. Uh-huh. Great. Thank you. It's nice. And it's nice to know that you don't have to get rid of your thoughts to be free of them. Um, and learning not, to, learning not to identify with them or be, be identifying with them or involved with them or bothered by them. And sometimes you just let the thoughts take care of themselves often. You know, the back fields. Yes, Jill. In the stillness, I found a presence of 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 emotions maybe I don't know if it was yeah I guess it was emotions and there were no thoughts involved and when I I realized it was from like this morning it was from what I had come from and now this afternoon it's what I'm going to and it's just just fascinating to me though how even I'm not thinking about it it's present with me Mm. so do you get to a point where you can be I guess I made me realize that I'm not totally present because those mm. things, the past and the present, are like bleeding into my experiences. Yeah. So you said in the morning you were more in the past. Now you're more in what's coming. Yes, exactly. But, but was, was, there, was there a midpoint <laughs> <laughs> at lunch, and you missed it because it was lunchtime? <laughs> I, I bet you're right. There was. I should have meditated instead. <laughs> no, but it's just it was interesting because there was. I w- it wasn't this morning. I wasn't thinking about the past, and I wasn't thinking about the future. But it's still there, you yeah, know. Yeah. In, a, in an undercurrent type of way. Yes, you know, it's the, these, uh, the whole inner ecology is all interdependent or interconnected. And uh, so uh, thoughts, feelings, emotions, impulses, intentions, physical sensations, can, are, you know, are multidimensional. And so even if the thoughts about something fade away, the impact that those thoughts have on us and emotionally and physically might still linger and remain for a while operate in the background. Great. Yes, over here. Thanks. It's a question. So early on, you said something like, let your mind be bright. Hmm? And I didn't stop with that. I didn't follow what you exactly meant by that so I just Bookmark it. let it go <laughs> but I'm curious if you could say yeah. more about that yeah um, <clears throat> you know when the mind is uh, sleepy it gets kind of dull and dark kind of heavy and so to brighten the mind is kind of like equivalent to you know uh, light, putting light in a room and it all lights up when you can see so um, um, it's kind of like it brings some energy into the system some some uh, clarity, so the mind becomes clearer, um, um, less agitated, less foggy, um, and so it's, it's a, uh, to some degree, some you know, if you learn how to do this, it, you can do that for yourself. You can kind of brighten it up and bring more energy there, or more sense of clarity, and and that helps to stay awake. Yes, I I wasn't sure what you meant by mind. Oh, I don't know either. 
whatever, whatever, whatever you think it is, brighten it. <laughs> and if otherwise, just let it go. So, um, so in these 16 steps that the, in which the Buddha gave for mindfulness of breathing, the third tetrad, the third group of four, have to do with the mind. And uh, the way it's described, I, uh, when I think about the mind, citta and Pali, I think of two things. I think it means the overall state of mind that we're in. Uh, so not the activity of the mind, but the overall mood or state or quality of the mind. So is it clear? Is it agitated? Is it uh, confused? Is it heavy? Is it bright? Is it expansive and you know, open, big mind? Is it small and contracted? What's the overall state of the mind? Um, I also think of it as um, a synonym for awareness. And, um, and you can come, start becoming aware of awareness itself as a kind of a, as something, as an entity kind of. And, um, you know, it's like uh, often, as I said this morning, often we're not aware that we're aware because, you know, we're so concerned with what we're aware of. So the analogy I like to use is like holding the striker. And if the striker is really important, I'm focusing on the striker. And, um, but if I turn my attention to it, I can become aware of my hand that's holding the striker. And if I'm very attached to the striker, afraid you're going to steal it from me, I might be holding it very tightly and I'm so concerned with keeping it to myself, I don't notice how painful it's getting in my hand until someone says, Gil, notice your hand. And then I notice how tight it is. So the same thing with awareness or the mind. We can be so concerned with what we know, what we think, what we're focusing on, that we don't know what's happening in the awareness or the mind, how intense we are, how contracted we are, how concerned we are, how repulsed we are, whatever's going on in there. And, um, and so what happens is as mind gets quieter and more sensitive in meditation, sooner or later, the activity, the quality of the mind stands out and highlight, becomes aware. And also we start becoming aware of, aware of awareness itself. The fact that we're aware, the fact that we're mindful becomes very interesting. Wow, I'm aware. And it, it becomes a, feels like a treasure uh, to be aware. Um, it seems like some people, you know, feels like the, mo- the most valuable thing that they have is to be aware. It's an amazing gift. It's an amazing thing to be aware, and we often overlook it because there are important things to do in life. <laughs> you know, m- many more. You know, things that are much more important than being aware, right? So, but if, every once in a while, we have the opportunity to notice that, and and uh, sometimes people go to special places just to kind of touch into that and feel it, sacred places. And, Part of what makes these places sacred is heightened sense of awareness that comes with it. Uh, being at the bedside of people who are dying or have just died can often make that bring that out in real highlights. To, you know, you really feel this palpable uh, strength of stillness or awareness that's there. So, so at some point, become aware of awareness, and then the instructions are uh, to to concentrate the mind. And, uh, and the concentrated is, to, uh, the, is a synonym for helping the mind become still. And so we want to help everything, the mind or the awareness become really still. And one of the interesting things about awareness becoming still is that uh, awareness doesn't have to move. 
or we don't have to, or, you know, we think we move it. So, for example, if I, you know, if where I say, you know, listen to, you know, if I say, you know, look at the stained glass window, you'd all turn and look at it, right? And, but if I said, um, you know, listen to the sound outside, some of you might turn your awareness kind of your, you don't, wouldn't move your head, but you kind of turn your awareness to listen or something. Or direct your attention to the breath. And so it's like, oh, okay, I can do this thing with my breath and bring my breath to my awareness. Or, or we say the mind gets lost, and so we bring the mind back. You know, mind doesn't have to come back. It's always, it doesn't, hasn't gone anywhere. And, um, but we bring our awareness back as the metaphor we use. And, um, but it, it, it's a little bit the metaphor, a little bit the optical illusion or the ideas we have of what we're doing. Maybe, um, but in fact, it's possible to be aware without the awareness moving whatsoever. It just is. And, the, the, and it becomes more like a, uh, a mirror. It's often in Buddhism they talk about the mirror mind. It's just a mirror. It just is. And experiences are revealed, appear. Things are known in awareness. But awareness is not going towards anything or wanting anything or making anything or pulling back from anything. It's just there. And there's a, uh, things appear just like that. It's very relaxed, very still. So the, the concentrated still mind uh, is a mind where the awareness gets quieter and stiller and stiller. Then when the mind is still, one of the nice things about that is that it cannot become still if we're super attached to things, if we're really wanting things and having things and afraid of things. And, you know, that, that involves activity. So to some degree, the mind that gets still becomes a freer mind. And you can start feeling, part of the reason why some people really value a still, quiet awareness is a sense of freedom that can come. Oh, what a relief to have a mind that's not caught up and preoccupied and concerned about things. But But to go deeply into this Buddhist practice, the function of stillness becoming really still in the mind, just sitting there, very concentrated and quiet, is so that we start noticing change and permanence. Awareness becomes stiller and stiller, and this is the paradox or the reversal. As awareness becomes still and unmoving, then uh, we st- we no longer living in the world of concepts, and then the constant flux and change of sensations, of perceptions, becomes uh, clearer and clearer, and we start seeing change. Did that work a little bit for some of you today, that uh, you became more heightened aware of, of changing phenomena, the impermanence in that last meditation? No. <laughs> A few of you. Okay. So, um, so this is kind of the background a little bit for this, where this is going with this process of deepening with the breath, breath meditation. So I thought we would take a break and uh, start to get in here at 2.30. And, um, and um, I see some people who are new, didn't come here in the morning. If you want to check in, ask questions, or find out what we're doing more generally, you're welcome to do that and with me. And um, otherwise, we'll start at 2.30. Thank you. <laughs>